Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. So for our talk today, we're going to be in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews is a smaller book. It's towards the back of a paper Bible if you're looking it up there. You can also look it up on your smart device. You're welcome to do that. But Hebrews 12 is where we will be this morning. And to get us started, a couple pictures are going to come up on the screen. This is Simone Biles. How many of you? Someone loves Simone Biles. How many of you have heard of Simone Biles before? Yeah, a lot of us, right? Uh, If you don't know, she's considered to be one of the greatest gymnasts of all time. And last year, uh, she was in the USA women's gymnastics team at the Tokyo Olympics. She was estimated to win up to six medals. We all had really high hopes for what she was going to accomplish, but it didn't really end the way some of us might have hoped it would. An article that described what happened said, on her first event in the team final, the vault, Biles completely lost track of herself in the air as she attempted her two and a half twisting Yurchenko vault. And it goes on to say that Biles disappeared from the competition floor with her national team staff. When Biles eventually returned, she huddled with her teammates and then she was done. She was done. Some of us remember that moment. Now, I don't share this story to be critical of Simone. I don't know what the best decision for her was in that moment, but I share this story to bring up the idea that you can't win the gold if you don't finish the event, right? Like finishing matters, whether it was right or wrong. Simone didn't bring home the gold that day. You can be the best athlete in the world, spend countless hours training and preparing, but if you don't finish, like you're not going to get the reward. So in order to receive the reward, we need to finish. Uh, We all know this, right? How many of you have a bachelor's degree that you didn't finish? None of us, right? Like you have to finish the bachelor's degree to get the bachelor's degree, or maybe you really want to get married someday, but at the first, like you're dating someone, and at the first sign of any sort of a flaw, you break up with them. Like, you might not get married if you do that every time. In order to receive the reward, whether it's the degree or the relationship, whatever it is, we need to keep going. We need to, and this is our word for the day, persevere. A definition of perseverance will come up on the screen. It's the continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. How many of you have experienced difficulty or opposition in your life? All of us, right? We've all had those moments. I remember when my husband and I first got married, I don't know exactly what I was expecting during that first year of marriage, but it was hard. Like, it was hard for us to figure out how to live together in the same house. I had to learn how to express my emotions in a healthy way. There were some challenging moments, some moments when we had to persevere. But if we had quit, we wouldn't be experiencing our perfect marriage today. 
I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, like our marriage today is so much better than it was three years ago. Like I'm so thankful that we didn't quit. I thought of some other examples of some difficult moments in our life. Maybe physically, we're trying to lose a few extra pounds and we're doing so well until someone brings Krispy Kreme donuts into the office. Come on, that's hard, right? Or uh, college students, a lot of you just finished up finals week not too long ago. I'm guessing that was challenging, but aren't you so glad you didn't quit? Like another year of college is finished. Now that stuff is hard, but there are some things that are even harder. Maybe you just found out that your mom has cancer or uh, you financially, like your rent has just increased by 20% or your spouse wants to get a divorce. Like those are some really challenging moments. And I might not have mentioned your specific challenge or difficulty, but can we all agree that sometimes life is hard? Sometimes life can be hard, and it's in those moments when we need to decide that we aren't going to give up. Even Jesus experienced some moments like this, right? I thought of a story in the Bible. Jesus had been traveling. He was doing a ton of ministry, and he reaches a well in Samaria, and this is what happens. It says, John 4, 6, Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. Jesus was tired. He was experiencing some physical opposition. But if you know the story, a woman comes to the well. Jesus perseveres through his exhaustion, initiates a life-changing conversation with her, and many people come to believe that he is the Messiah because he didn't stop. Or the ultimate example of perseverance would be the cross, right? Like there's that moment in the garden where Jesus is in so much emotional distress that he is sweating blood and he's pleading with God. Like, is there any way that I don't have to go through the cross? But aren't you so thankful that Jesus didn't quit? Like because of his perseverance, we get to experience eternity with him. By the way, perseverance, it's all throughout the Bible. I'm going to share just two verses with you. The first is James 1.12. Blessed is the one who perseveres. And the second verse, Galatians 6.9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if, can you say this with me? We do not give up. If we do not give up, so here's the big question. It'll come up on the screen. When things get hard, how do we keep going? How do we do that? When things get challenging, when life happens, how do we keep going? Hold that thought. We're in a series called Six Habits, Pursuing the Exceptional Spiritual Life. And I would submit to you that in order to live out this exceptional spiritual life, perseverance, not giving up, it's required. And so we're going to pick up in our text again in Hebrews 12. Just a little bit of background. Paul is the writer of this book. And in the previous chapter, he just lists several heroes of the faith and describes the incredible things that they did. People like Noah, Abraham, Moses. And by the way, all of their stories include moments of perseverance. 
And we're going to pick up right after that list in chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Therefore, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The title of the talk today is Persevering, How to Keep Going, and today we're going to explore two ideas about how we can do that, how we can keep going. And so in a moment, we're going to pray together, and then we'll dive in. But before we do that, I want to invite you to think of one area of your life that you know you never want to quit. Something you don't ever want to give up. Maybe it's relationally. Maybe you're a parent and you know like you never want to stop being a great mom or a great dad. It could be physically, like you want to continue to live a healthy lifestyle. It could be an emotional thing, a mental thing. I know for me, spiritually, like I never want to stop putting God first in my life. And I don't know why, but over the last couple months, that's just been a little more challenging for me. But I never want to stop prioritizing God above everything else in my life. So what's one thing you want to keep going, to persevere in? Bring that thing to your mind. And then would you pray with me? So Lord, even now as we think about those areas... Uh, those areas that we never want to stop, that we want to keep going, we want to persevere. And Lord, would you give us strength? Would you give us endurance? And Holy Spirit, we just invite you into the room. We thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are the best teacher, and we pray that you would teach us today. I pray that the words that I say would be helpful. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the first thing I see in the text, you can write this down, is we can keep going if we eliminate extra weight. If we eliminate extra weight. So if we go back to our text, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Another translation of this verse reads, let us lay aside every encumbrance. Encumbrance. And that word encumbrance, if we dig into that, it means a weight or burden. A weight or burden. So according to this verse, in order to persevere, we need to throw off, get rid of any extra weight, any burdens that we are carrying. Now this can include a lot of different things, right? Like we can be weighed down by stress. Maybe we're experiencing a busy season at work or just life in general. That's something that can weigh us down. Maybe we're experiencing anxiety or fear. Like we're just constantly worried about something or someone. It could be finances, your friend or your future. Like that's something that will weigh us down. Or maybe we're experiencing sadness. 
And we're just, we're just in this season of sadness and we can't seem to shake it. All of these things can weigh us down. And here's the truth. You can write this down. The more weight we carry, the harder it is to continue. It's just the reality. The more weight that we are carrying, the harder it is going to be for us to continue. It's just the way it works. I experienced this in my own life about a month ago. Uh, Just to paint a little picture for you, in less than one week, I was involved in leading seven Easter services. My friend was diagnosed with cancer. I had to start preparing this message, which made me a little nervous. And I found out that I wasn't pregnant when I hoped that I was. So I find myself in my kitchen on a Thursday night. I look at my husband and I say, I am not okay. I am not okay. And we've all had moments like that, right? Those I'm not okay moments. And in those moments, we have to do something. Like this text is telling us in those moments, we have to throw that stuff off if we are going to keep going. Now, that weight that I experienced a month or so ago, that was just like the weight of life, right? Sometimes we don't have to necessarily do anything wrong to reach an I'm not okay moment, but here's the deal. If we add a sin issue into that moment, it'll be even harder for us to keep going. If we go back to our text, it tells us to throw off everything that hinders. That's just that weight of the world. And it goes on to say, and the sin that so easily entangles. Sometimes life gets hard, but sin, it will make it even harder. I thought of a story in the Bible of King David. Some of us know this story, but he sees this woman bathing on a roof. She's beautiful. He finds out that she is married, but he sleeps with her anyway. That's a sin right? So, and that complicated his life. That sin led to an unplanned pregnancy, becoming a murderer, a confrontation from the prophet of God, and the death of his son. That sounds a little heavy and complicated, right? And that's what sin does. Sin will complicate our life. It will complicate our life. And so I want to bring both of these ideas into the room. And I want you to pause again and think of that area of your life that you never want to give up on, that you never want to quit, and ask yourself this question. Is there any messiness that I need to throw off? Is there any messiness that I need to throw off? Are there any burdens that you are carrying, like just the weight of life that's gotten a little heavy? Or is there any sin that you're participating in? We need to throw that stuff off. We need to eliminate that way in order to persevere. So how do we do it? How do we actually do that? Because here's the deal. It's not just going to come off on its own. How many of you have tried to lose weight in the room? It doesn't just come off on its own, does it? No, we have to work at it. There are steps we need to take. And so to close out this point, I want to talk through two steps. Two steps to eliminate weight. And the first is identify it. Identify it. 
Now, I know this sounds obvious, but I think it can be pretty easy for us just to skim past this step. Like, when I had my I'm not okay moment a month ago, I had to pause and actually take time to think through why I am feeling the way that I'm feeling. Like, why do I not feel okay right now? And then I remembered, oh yeah, I led worship for seven services, or I identified that I was a little bit stressed about writing the message. I acknowledged that I was just a little bit sad that month. And I identified the weight that I was carrying. And here's the deal. If I hadn't identified that stuff, there's a really good chance that I would still unknowingly be carrying that weight today. Like, I think sometimes we have this fear of actually slowing down and processing through why we're feeling the way we're feeling. Like, sometimes that will make our feelings even harder for us to deal with. But if we don't identify what is going on, we're just going to continue to not be okay. Like, it's not going to get any easier. Nothing will change. And so in those hard moments, we need to ask ourselves, what burdens am I carrying? What is weighing heavily on my heart? Or are there any sins that I am participating in? Am I doing anything that is dishonoring to the Lord? So that's the first step. We need to actually identify the weight that we are carrying. And the second is we need to surrender it. In order to eliminate it, we need to surrender it. So after we've actually identified what is slowing us down, we need to surrender that weight, whether it's anxiety or fear or sadness, we need to give it to the Lord. Psalm 55:22 says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. God, he's the best person to turn to when you're feeling weighed down. Like his shoulders are really, really big and he can totally carry that for you. So to get really practical, uh, this is what surrender looked like for me a month ago. So I actually took the next morning off work and I spent extra time with God. I spent actually three hours with God. I worshiped him, I prayed, I listened to his voice, I read the word of God and in, that, in those moments, I identified what was going on, and I surrendered the heavy weight to him. And for me, that really just looks like a simple prayer. Something like, God, I'm really sad about what my friend has to go through. So I pray for my friend. Would you give her help? Would you give her peace? And I give my sadness to you. So I make sure to identify and explain, like, God, this is what's going on. This is how I'm feeling. And then I pray about that issue. I just talk to God about it. And then I intentionally say that I'm giving it back to him. I'm giving it to the Lord. And can I just tell you that after I walked through that process, after I identified what was weighing heavily on my heart, when I surrendered it to the Lord, he lightened my load. Like I physically felt, physically, mentally, emotionally felt different. He took that stuff for me. I realized that I didn't need to sleep more to feel better. I didn't need to take a week-long vacation. All that I needed to do is surrender that stuff to him. And I want to 
touch on another thing because there's a chance as you go through this process that you'll notice a sin area or a struggle that's been making your life even more complicated. Like I know for me, God convicted me of a few things that I uh, had been prioritizing over him during that time with him. And if that's the case, like if God convicts you of something throughout that process, the best thing for you to do in that moment is repent. And that's just a Christian word for acknowledging your sin, uh, apologizing for it, and turning from it. And here's the good news. When we repent, this is what will happen. It says in Acts, Acts 3.19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Our repentance will lead us into a season of refreshment. So that's the first thought. We can keep going if we eliminate extra rate, oh, extra, <laughs> extra weight. There we go. Moving on. The second idea is we can keep going if we focus on Jesus. If we focus on Jesus. I know we touched on this just a little bit in the last point, but if you want to continue to persevere, focus your attention on Jesus. Why? Because what we focus on, we will follow. What we focus on, we will follow. So when you are driving, you're just driving down the road, where should your focus be? Right in front of you, right? Because you want to follow the road. My husband, Andrew, bless his heart, he, okay, he's a really good driver. He's a really good driver, but if he turns his focus away from the road, and he, like, if he looks somewhere else, we're going to drive exactly where he's looking. So we could drive right into a cornfield. And so I've just learned that I can't distract Andrew while he's driving, because he needs to focus on the road so that he will stay on the road. Now, I know that's a silly example, but in the same way, we need to focus on Jesus so that we will keep following him. And here is why we should follow Jesus. Jesus finishes things. He finishes things. If we go back to our text in Hebrews 12, it says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And in another translation, it goes on to say that he is the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus is a finisher. It's all throughout scripture. God finishes what he starts. We can go back to the Old Testament where God promises Abraham that his wife Sarah will have a son. And this seems impossible because Sarah is way too old to have kids. But at 90 years old, Sarah has that child. God finished what he started. Many years later, God tells Moses that he will lead the Israelites, his chosen people, into the promised land. But on the way, the Israelites mess everything up. So they're constantly complaining. At one point, they start to worship an idol. And ultimately, they refuse to go into the promised land because they are afraid. But even though God's people failed him time and time again, 40 years later, God leads the next generation of Israelites into the promised land. God was faithful to finish what he started. 
The last biblical example that I want to explore with you is the work that Jesus started in Peter's life. So Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, and fairly early on in Jesus' ministry, Jesus says this to Peter in Matthew 16, 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. That's a pretty high calling. Like Jesus is essentially telling Peter that he is going to be the one that will lead the church when he goes back up to heaven. Now, in case you didn't know, Peter wasn't the perfect disciple. Like he was actually known as the quick-tempered, blunt guy. He made a lot of little mistakes as he followed Jesus. And a really big mistake he made uh, was right before Jesus was crucified, Peter denies that he even knew who Jesus was three times. Now, I think that Jesus had every right in that moment to pull back and to stop what he had started in Peter's life. But here's the really good news. Jesus doesn't give up on Peter. After Jesus is resurrected, he actually reinstates Peter, and Peter goes on to start and lead the very first church, which led to many other churches being born, and so many people came to know who Jesus was because of him. God finished what he started. He is faithful to finish, and if we follow him, he will help us finish well. Share, I'll share a quick story with you. Most of you know that I play piano. I actually graduated college with a piano performance degree, and I was in high school when I decided that I wanted to pursue playing piano at a collegiate level. And uh, I remember my piano teacher, I had had the same piano teacher since I was in third grade. She had done an incredible job. I really loved her. And uh, early on in high school, she told me, I can't take you any farther. I can't take you any farther. And she just explained to me that she had hit her limit and I needed to find someone else to teach me so that I could keep going. And can I just tell you that that's not how God works? That's not how God works. Like he is fully capable of helping us finish things. He has all of the knowledge, all of the skill, all of the wisdom. He has everything he needs to help us finish well. In fact, he makes a promise to us in Philippians 1.6. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. If we focus on Jesus, he will be faithful to finish the good things that he started in us. So I want you to think again of that area of your life, the area that you know you want to persevere in. And here's the encouragement. In the moments when you feel like you're failing, focus on Jesus. In the moments when you're lacking motivation and you don't really want to keep going, focus on Jesus. When you feel like you just want to quit, whatever it might be, relationally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, the best person to look at is Jesus because he is faithful to finish what he has started and he will totally help you finish well. So last fill in the blank. When we focus on Jesus, we are destined to finish. We are destined to finish. So to recap, we can keep going if we eliminate extra weight and if we focus on Jesus. So I'm going to invite 
Pastor Steve up, and he's going to help us close. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.